Welcome to today's broadcast of Kingdom Authority with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Tune in each Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time via Vlog Talk Radio through Kingdom Apartment Incorporated. Follow Dancia on Facebook at Dancia Jones-Morris or DanciaJ.com. You can also call your hosts and guests at area code 646-668-2413. Thank you for joining Kingdom Authority. And now here's your host, Power. Reverend Dancia Jones Moore. Kingdom Authority. Power. Kingdom Authority. Well, good evening and good afternoon to you all. Thank you so much for joining Kingdom Authority on this wonderful Sunday. My name is Reverend Dancia Jones Morris. I am your host for tonight, and I am excited about tonight's topic. We're talking about confessions of cheaters. Confessions of cheaters. Oh, my the topic. I have received so many, many wonderful texts and messages and good conversation on Facebook, some hiding from it, some avoiding it, some just coming right out there. And I will tell you, we're going to get to the nitty gritty of some of this stuff with the mouth that we can on tonight. We're talking about kingdom authority. Nothing's off topic. If it's in the Bible, it's worth addressing. And so we're going to address some things tonight. I'm excited about this particular lesson on tonight. I am your host, Reverend Dancy Jones-Morris. I want to thank you again for joining me on this wonderful July 1st of 2018, first Sunday and first day in July. Can you believe it? Six months have already passed, and here we are. The latter six months have started. What a wonderful God we serve. What a wonderful God we serve. We can count on him, and we can depend on him. He never fails us, I'll tell you. Shall we pray, and then we're going to go into some things and talk about some today. I need you to get your pen and paper out. Tonight is the night you want to take notes. God is awesome, and what he has revealed and showed me has allowed me to grow Has allowed and will allow you to grow. And I want you to share this with you. I wanted to share this with you, and I want you to share it with others. What a mighty God we serve. And I'm going to hopefully pull on a person who um, who's going to bring to light some things on this as well in the next 30 minutes. Um, um, wonderful sister of mine, and she's going to come on. And if you want to come on tonight, y'all need to go ahead and just put a shout-out on Facebook and just message me and say, hey, I got something to say. And that's good for me, good for you, and be good for the people. Listen, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. And we say you get all the glory. All the glory is yours. How excellent is your name, O oh God. Mm-mm-mm. In all the earth, I have realized, and we know that there is no one like you. No one can save us, redeem us, can be our Lord and Savior. No one can keep us and hold us and shelter us like you do. I tell you, I call you Jesus. And you, ooh, hallelujah, you are the great I am. You are definitely the Prince of Peace, and you are my God. Mm-hmm. You are my God. Father, you know how to hold us in the midnight hour. You know how to wake us up. Lord, when we slumber, Father, you never do. And so we thank you for being the God that watches over us all day and all night, and you even dispatch angels for us. 
you're a good God, and we honor you on tonight. Thank you, God, that you have shown us what faithfulness looks like. Great is your mercy. Your faithfulness endures forever, according to Psalm 136. Thank you, O God, no matter what you do. mm, Your faithfulness endures forever, and we praise you. For your example of faithfulness, we praise you, O God, that we can depend on you. So, God, as I go into this, I ask you to word my mouth, teach me what to say, keep me, Lord, to stay on track of what you want me to say. Let the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength, you are my redeemer, and you are my God. And I pray for myself because of this topic. And, God, I pray in the name of Jesus we will take authority in the kingdom of God when it comes to being faithful unto you. And then we can be faithful unto men. God, I'm so guilty, and I glorify you for being who you are. So right now, God, before I go into this, again, I say thank you for delivering me saving me. Thank you for stretching me in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen and amen. What a mighty God we serve on tonight. He is great and he is mighty. Let me go ahead and go into this. We're talking about confessions of cheaters. We turn to the topic of cheating, so we want to talk about that. It may be not may not have been your life for for someone who is near and dear to you. It may not have even been your immediate circle, but you're probably watching on the Maury show. You know how we watch all these different shows and we see these different things of cheating. And it it then it in turn corrupts our mind as to what cheating really is. I'm gonna say that again. It in turn News and media and talk and all these things corrupt our mind as to what cheating really is. And so we're going to talk to some people confessing about cheating mm-hmm. to them and talk about them on tonight. So I looked up some things and I always research when I've read, God dropped something into my spirit to talk about. I'm going to give you some scriptures, write them down so that you can turn with me, keep me on track. And so that you'll know, I'm not talking just from just from anything. I'm talking from the Word of God on tonight. One scripture we're going to look at Leviticus 26, Leviticus 26, chapter the 40th through the 42nd verse. Thank you, O God. Leviticus, the 26th chapter, the 40th through 42nd verse. Thank you all for coming on and clicking on the link. I see you coming in. I appreciate you for tapping in today. Oh, my, y'all really coming in tonight. I guess y'all want to know about confessions of cheaters. You know these sales, but that's wonderful. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Leviticus 26th chapter, the 40th through the 42nd verse, First John. First John, the first chapter, you do want to go to these verses with me. First John, the first chapter, the fifth through the tenth verse. First John 1. Leviticus 26, first John 1, and we're going to talk about Malachi on tonight. Malachi 3. I love these. I love these scriptures. I love these scriptures. Let's talk from practical. The cheaters. So, you know, I posted something on Facebook. Why do people cheat? And I kind of knew what the response was going to be like, but I put it out anyway to get feelers, to feel, get an understanding. And the first thing that came to mind was a, a like, but it was the face of wow. It was from a male. 
male gender. The other ones were communication, so a conversation started. Females only, I want you all to understand. Females only. Didn't surprise me. We engage. We like to talk. Females only. What surprised me is that as much that was going on, the women did not bash a man. I want you all to hear me because, especially black women, what I often hear is that black women tend to be male bashers, and we have this, can I be truthful on tonight? Because this is about real talk, and, and because I, God has made me who I am, we're going to talk about this thing because we've got to take authority in the kingdom of God because what it's doing, it's causing about 72% of, 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 of marriages in the body of Christ, forget about the world, in the body of Christ, 72% of marriages to fail because of this topic, and we won't take authority of the root of it. I didn't say discuss it. Take authority of the root of it. Now, listen, I looked up some other things, and this conversation happened. Let me just talk about this. The conversation happened, and there were some good, great, great points made, and I was like, okay, we kind of get it. People cheat because they want to. It's a choice, you know. Um, some people can't help themselves. You know, there's so many different different things that were said. You can go to my Facebook, Dancy and Morris, if you just want to see that. Um, so the conversation happened, and women that I respect had some comments on there that were just um, very common amongst male and female. But it was surprising I didn't get anything from the men. That surprised me. And what's surprising about that is because most of the time men suppress that I was told by a male years ago that men can hide things for years. Women can do it too, but it's mostly men. And so I want to break that fallow ground on tonight, and I believe God has anointed me in this area because we have given, we have given and placed the male gender in a place where they have to hide this, suppress this, and they can never, never get delivered from it. I'm going to show you that it's about deliverance. Yes, it's a choice. Everyone has a choice. But I want to show you also this isn't just about men and women, and it's not just about relationships. I want to talk about how we cheat in general. Every one of us have fallen short of the glory of God. Every one of us has fallen short of the glory of God. When we fall short of the glory of God, it's normally sin. It is sin. And as a result of that, we have cheated on God. But let's let's, let's break this down a little bit because I want you to understand some things that the Lord has given me. One of the reasons when caught what cheaters say, confessions of cheaters we're talking about, when caught, they'll probably say something like this because people don't know. They're probably learning or they're online, whatever. One of the things that said from one, uh, an organization, Trustify, the stats that they gave after they um, interviewed some people, I didn't, the person said, I didn't do it. It wasn't me. Okay. Ain't going to even touch that. Or they want to call you crazy. Somebody, these are the responses once caught. We're just good friends. Can we shed some light on this? It just happened once. Or they'll say something like, it's over. What's crazy is the person really believes that the other person believes this stuff. God believes you. Oh, 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 oh. Or you may say, it didn't mean anything, or it just felt good. It's just that once. 
and we think we're fooling the other person and or we're fooling God, I want you to understand there is power in the name of Jesus. There's power in this word, and we want to break this off of us. I'm talking to the body of Christ. This is not for the world right now. This is for the body of Christ so that we can bring to light what we won't touch, what we won't um, really dive into, which is changing the family unit in the body of Christ, changing us completely. Why do people do it? We're not talking about that today. What we're talking about is the confession of it. Oh, my goodness. Because the confession of it causes deliverance and freedom. The confession of it causes you to break free. It makes, it makes you a lot more um, um, easier and open to forgiveness and understanding. Now, I also want to talk to the person who feels like they're being cheated on, and I want you to understand how God feels. Okay, let's go to Leviticus, the 26th chapter the 40th through the 42nd verse. Here's what God said to the people, his chosen people. But if they confess their iniquity and the iniquity of their fathers with their unfaithfulness in which they were unfaithful to me, who have walked contrary to me, and that I also have walked contrary to them, and have brought them into the land of their enemies. If their uncircumcised hearts are humbled and they accept their guilt, then I will remember my covenant with Jacob and my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham. I will remember. I will remember the land. So, So we have... We have the Lord talking to the people of God in Leviticus, and he's saying, listen, all I want them to do is to come they have done their sin, iniquity, sin, wrongdoing, sin, not of just themselves, but their fathers. That's, that's, that's how you start breaking off generational curses. And, and, and what people don't realize is that Cheating is often passed down, gets in their DNA if you don't allow God to reconstruct it. And so we wonder why so much is happening that we can so oftentimes easily come to a place where we do wrong. It's because there is something down on the inside, and I'm going to get to that in just a bit, so hold on. We're going to go into some Hebrew words, and I need you to just walk this out with me. Your daddy did, <laughs> and your granddaddy did. You confessed what you did to be unfaithful to me. And then this is what I'm going to do. Once you humble yourself, because that's what confession does. It causes you to humble yourself. It causes you to bring yourself to accept your guilty status, to accept our guilty status. That's why when, when God, when the Lord Jesus says to confess with our mouth, believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead, then the promise comes. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob, but not until then. But not until you confess it. Not until 
until you bring yourself to a state of humility, not until you accept the fact that you are what you are or you've done what you've done. All right, let's go to 1 John because I have so much to share. 1 John, the first chapter, the fifth to the tenth verse. This is the message which we have heard from him and declared to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Hey, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. Who are you deceiving? Yourself. If you say, uh-uh, I didn't do it. See, session when caught, I didn't do it. They can't get, listen, don't expect a cheater, not talking about sex right now, just in anything. Don't expect a cheater to confess. Don't expect a cheater to confess because they're still sin and they're living in deception. And people think that those who have the spirit of discernment don't even see it. Why? Because you live in deception. Because I'm going to say it to I live in deception. And when you live in deception, you can't see the other's discernment. You can't see the truth. The Bible says, the Bible says that we lie and do not practice the truth because we are walking in darkness. And if you're in darkness, you can't see the deception of, of the Satan upon your life. Oh, God, we're going to break this thing today. If we confess our sins, listen to this, the ninth chapter, the promise of God. He is faithful, the ninth verse, that is, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to what? Not only forgive, then he will wash us, he'll cleanse us, he'll purify us from all unrighteousness. Did you hear this? Did you hear this? That we have not sinned, we make him, the Lord Jesus, a liar, and his word is not in us. So when you hear, I didn't do it, especially when they're caught, I didn't do it, it wasn't me. uh, Let me tell you something. There is no good thing that can come from that in that moment. No good thing, because the state of the mind is that we have not, this this goes for those who are in the body of Christ and decide, I want to cheat in finances. Oh, we're going to go there. Cheat in finances. Cheating my time, cheating what I say. We're cheating. We think we're cheating God, and we're cheating God in a way, but we think we're getting over on God. Not so. Listen, let's go to the next verse because I got to get to um, some things. I got to get to some things. Um, um, So the last verse, I think I said it. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So let's go to cheater. What is cheater? As a verb, to swindle, to deceive to influence by fraud, to elude, to deprive of something expected. I'm going to say that again. As a verb used with an object, it's to defraud the object, swindle the object, deceive the object, influence by fraud, elude, deprive of something expected. As a verb without an object, it's to practice fraud or deceit. A cheater practices this. To cheat is one thing. A cheater is a practice. 
You done opened your own business up to do this. Oh, y'all not, I hope y'all hearing me tonight. To practice fraud or deceit, to violate rules or regulations. I think on the job. And yes, we're wholly sanctified, but we come in late every day. We're holy and sanctified, but we can't follow the rules of the organization that we went out to go apply for. Oh, are y'all going to hear me today? Yes. We, we speed. Okay, listen. We speed. We go faster than the posted sign limit. I'm talking about me right now. I'm talking about y'all. We go faster than the posted sign. 45 miles per hour, we're doing 60 because we got to get somewhere. Cheating. <laughs> I know you. I know somebody don't like this. It's the truth. It's to violate rules or regulations to be sexually unfaithful, and we don't talk about that because we have the prime example of unfaithfulness in the Bible. A noun for cheater: a person who acts dishonestly, deceives, or defrauds. Listen, this is an imposter. You go into something not portraying the truth of you. I said you go into something, whether it be the job, whether it be a relationship, whatever it is, but you're an imposter because you don't reveal the truth of who you really are. Oh, my God. Oh, so when we do this, this is the cheater. Now, now in Hebrew, the word means pervert or pervert to be bent or crooked. And what crooked means is to be deformed, skewed. Let me give you let me give you something because we don't look at this we don't look at this the way it should be looked at. Cheating according to Hebrew is pervert or to be bent or crooked. Crooked is deformed. Now when I think of deformity it's something that most people uh, when you see a deformity on someone, most people stare at that because they're they're wondering, well, uh, how did they get that way? What what happened to them? Or they may they may avoid the situation or avoid the person so as not to notice them or draw attention to them. So and so what happens is we walk by these people or we stand. We have children that stare at them because why? It's something different. It's deformed. It's not straight. It's crooked. It's not, it's not the way we're used to. It's not normal. So there are two outcomes to this type of treatment when we treat people this way, when we stare or when we bring attention or when we draw attention away from. We don't even notice them. There's pity and there's isolation. The two I want to deal with are pity and isolation. Listen, crooked, we're talking about cheating. Cheating according to the Hebrew. In the pity state, we tend to either not address the issue, we don't speak of it, or we treat the person gently so as not to upset or make the person feel a certain way about their state. I have not come to do that. I've come to disrupt. I've come to agitate. And I've come to destroy the spirit of cheating. Do you hear what I'm saying tonight? We often put up with their feelings about their state. Oh, oh! you think they're going to get mad. I don't care. You think they're going to feel um, ashamed. Okay, let's treat them with love. 
Let's bring them out of this. Sin should cause us to be ashamed. Oh, my goodness. Lord, have mercy. I hear you. Sin should cause us to be ashamed and then turn away from our wicked way. Do you know why in Second Chronicles 7, I think it's 714, it says, if my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek thy faith, because the king in the aforementioned, the sixth chapter, and I think the fifth chapter, prayed for God to do some things. And when he prayed for them things, that's when God responded. So it wasn't just that God said, I'm just going to heal the land. Oh, no. The people had to cry out. And it wasn't just the people. It was the king that cried out. Oh, my God. He said, God, if we can, if you just come, can you heal? Can you deliver? Can you set free? Can you take us out of captivity? Can you change our minds? Can you change our ways? Can you make us from crooked to straight? And so we, we can't be concerned about the feeling of it. No, 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 because God's not concerned necessarily with the feeling of it. What he's concerned about is the renewing of our minds. If any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Oh, hallelujah. So, so Christians, the chosen of God, tend to look over, after all, they are one of them. And then we say, then we start talking about them. They're one of them when we look over it. We put them in a category. We have either pity on them or we shun them. Leprosy, shunning them. Leprosy, shunning them. AIDS, shunning them. Cancer, put them in a cancer treatment. And then we don't go visit. Put them in a home. They're old. Put them in a home. But then we don't go see about them. Oh, 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 oh I'm ready tonight, y'all. This may, and sometimes when we have pity on a person, it may enable the person or make them feel less than. Then the first thing is enabling. When we enable a deformed state, then guess what? They tend to stay in the state. I said when we when we when we when we enable the person normally, because all they feel is pity. All they feel people, and that's why people some some people just stay on the corner and ask for money. Because we have not taught and trained. Now, there's some people you can't teach and train. So I'm not, I ain't talking about those. I'm talking about those who, who, who may want some help. Trying to get straight. They no longer want to be in the same deformed state, that spirit of infirmity. Listen, okay, listen, listen, people of God. And so what happens, they stay in that state. Or they may feel less than. They may feel, oh, then they got a self-esteem problem. Because we looked over them, we didn't, I tell you, discrimination in the church. We look over the people that seem the weakest. We look over the people that seem like they're deformed. We look over the people that seem like they may not fit, may not be capable, may cannot do. They may can't do it like the next person, but they can do something because we are the body of Christ. I'm not fussing. I'm helping. We, 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 the importance of this is to understand what to do in this state, we're going to get to some scriptures, but let me bring to light some things. Then, and, and most of us just think, oh, poor, the poor thing, poor thing, they can't do anything. They, they, they can't do it. 
or maybe if we don't mention it, then people won't talk about it. If we don't talk about that their that their hand is crooked, if we don't talk about their adulterer, if we don't if we if we don't talk about they're just a low down snake, if we don't talk about the fact that they stealing on the job, they're always late. If we don't talk about they coming to the choir saying late. If we don't talk about the fact that oh they go to business meeting but they keep talking crazy. Oh, if we don't talk about all these different things, they're gossiping. Stay mad. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about me. I ain't talking about y'all. They stay mad all the time. They can't get their mind straight. They always fussing. If we don't talk about this and then they stay in the state, then we want to talk about them and shun them. All right. Let's talk about the isolated state. The isolated state, nothing much is done because the deformed are ignored. They're just ignored, plain and simple. They, they don't even exist. We act like we don't see them or their condition, and therefore this can cause a person to feel unnoticed and unloved. We're still talking about confessions of cheaters. Unloved and unnoticed. Unnoticed and unloved normally causes a cheating pattern. Y'all say what you want. Unloved and unnoticed causes a pattern because they have to find needs that God put in them in the first place or that they acquired because of some learned behavior. Are y'all hearing me? Because they feel like no one cares about their state, although they have to deal with it themselves every single day. They know they're that way. And so us ignoring it ain't going to change the fact that they have a spirit of infirmity. They're deformed. They're crooked. Ain't going to change it. So what do you do when you're crooked? (laughs) Either way, they're still deformed. Turn to Luke, the 13th chapter, the 10th through the 6th, because they're still messed up, if you will. Still got something going on, but it's for a purpose. Let's go to Luke, the 13th chapter, the 10th through the 17th verse. Lisa, let me know if you're on, because I do want you to come on. Luke, the 13th chapter, the 10th through the 17th verse. This is so good. This is so good when the Lord revealed this to me. When the Lord revealed this to me, this was so good. So good. So good, I tell you. Luke, the 13th chapter. Y'all there? Luke, the 13th chapter. Now he was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity 18 years and was bent over and could in no way raise herself up. Y'all know the story. But when Jesus saw her, he called her to him and said to her, woman, you are loose from your infirmity. How many of you who know you cheating know you have cheated, you still ain't confessed it, has God been calling you? Called your name, asking you to come out, wanting you to come out, but yet we turn a deaf ear to it. The, the still small voice of the Lord. And all he wants to do is to loose us from our infirmity, our crookedness, our deformity. And he said, and he laid his hands on her, verse 13, and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. Now, people got mad. Y'all can read 14 through 17 yourself. The people got mad. Why? Because he was healing on the Sabbath. And I got another one for the Sabbath so we can break some traditions of men. So listen to this. The spirit of infirmity is normally revealed, it reveals itself in the natural. 
You know someone's got a spirit of infirmity when you can see the, the, the formation in the natural. It, it, it's, a, it's a physical weakness or ailment. It's lacking strength, moral weakness or failing. Are y'all hearing me? We, we got a moral compass, but it's a little off. <laughs> it's not calibrated. And, and our moral compass often tells us that we're right when we're really wrong. And then as, as a result, your mind gets a little twisted and warped because you, start, you stop recognizing right from wrong, even though you knew in the beginning what the right from wrong was. But now your moral compass is off, and you think, we think, I think what is right is really wrong until you search the scriptures and get convicted. Oh, preach, woman of God. That's what I'm going to say right now. Number two, what's in the spirit manifests itself in the flesh somehow, some way. The infirmity is the, is the physical weakness or ailment or the moral weakness. Listen to this. She was made straight by the touch of Jesus. Straight only comes from the touch of the Lord. It comes from an encounter with Jesus Christ. The only way to get straight is through the word of God, which touches you, which Jesus touches you through his word, and that's how you become straight. Now, when you get straight, when I get straight, when we all get straight, the thing that the woman showed us to glorify, not man, the brother that said it, not the one that you got caught with or the one that caught you, not the one, not your employer, but to glorify God for the straightness. Some, some, somebody all just shout, I'm glad I got caught. Woo! But it needs, it shouldn't be the cult that, that you glorify from. It should be the confession. Because with the confession, then you know there's a change of heart and mind. You can't expect the next person to confess and have a changed mind when you feel crooked yourself. Oh, I hear you, Holy Ghost, today. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's, yes, sir. Yes, sir. You still don't believe me? Look at this. Luke 6, 6 to 10. Luke 6, 6 to 10. I'm, I'm taking Luke's version because he's a physician, and we got to understand deformity. And because he's efficient, he understands what it really means to get right in the physical and how it impacts the spiritual. Luke 6, 6. Now it happened on another Sabbath. Here we go, the Sabbath again. Also, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. So the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. But he knew their thoughts and said to the man who had the withered hand, Arise and stand here. And he arose and stood. Then Jesus said to them, I will ask you one thing. Is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil, to save life or to destroy? And when he had looked around at them all, because they didn't say nothing, they, you know, I, there's a word I want to say, but they, they, they were cowards. He said to the man, because he looked around them, and one scripture says angrily, he looked around them and he said to the man, he went back to the man because they weren't saying nothing. He said, stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored as whole as the other. What is restored? But listen, let me finish. Verse 11. But they were filled with rage and discussed with one another what they might do with Jesus. Listen, when you get straight, don't expect everybody to get, be happy about it. When you get delivered, 
from your cheating. Don't expect everybody to rejoice with you. You have to give God the glory and nobody else. Now, there was a withered hand. It was again the Sabbath, and God did, Jesus did it to break tradition, to show I don't care what day it is. I have control. I am Lord over the Sabbath. We restored the hand. What is restored? Cheaters, I'm saying cheaters because all of us have fallen short, but it just means we're crooked. We're bent, we're bent over like the woman who had the spirit of infirmity. Restored means brought back to use. Why, why, why did the Lord choose this particular title? Because he wants to bring us back to use. Woo! He wants to bring us back to true existence, to reestablish us to a state of healthiness and vigor. He doesn't want us to be lackadaisical. Do you not know that our time is limited? Do you not know the state of this world? Just as fast as time is going, the Satan is on a tremendous, he is nonstop. Every minute there's something, he's expecting one of his hundreds of thousands of angels to do something, to go somewhere. They're probably so tired. But yet we think we got all the time in the world. I'm telling you, he wants to bring us back to youth, to existence. We can't be lackadaisical in these times. I'm telling you, he wants to establish us so that we would be of use, so he can use our gifts in the body of Christ. He wants us to have kingdom authority. He wants us to have vigor and life and health. He wants us to be useful. He wants us to be healed. He wants us to be delivered. He wants us to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. He wants us to go out and feed the hungry. He wants people to be saved. He wants people to be delivered. He wants lives changed. He wants to see us prosper. He is looking for us to be restored. What about son of my second? Woo! My God. And so how, how, how does restoration come? It comes with the forgiveness of sins. Woo! Now let me, let me talk to those who've been cheated on in relationships or feel you have been cheated on in a relationship. The biggest thing you can do is do what God does with us every single time we cheat. If you can put yourself, place it in yourself in the mirror, Stand and see you as the cheater, as cheating on God. Every time you think about how God forgives you, then you're going to forgive your brother, your sister, because that's who they are. I know they're your mate. Your brother or sister for, for, for what they have done unto you. Every time. You're not hearing me. I had to go deep down into this thing and understand that God is He's so merciful, and the mercy he extends to us. He wants us to extend to others. Saul's conversion. Listen to this. What, does he really want us to be straight? Well, well, Saul's conversion happened in Acts, the ninth chapter. And if you read Acts, the ninth chapter, Saul was on the road to Damascus. And when he was blinded by light, he came up, he fell to the ground. Wait, let us say, let's say this. On the fourth verse, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you, Lord? Not capital L, Lord. Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Listen to this, people of God. Mm, mm, mm. Verse 11, verse 11, the Lord said, go over to Straight Street 
to the house of Judah. Now, 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 when you get there, ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He was telling Ananias this because Ananias had to go. Now, Ananias was a Christian, so I'm sure he was scared to go to Saul because Saul was killing the people. And he was on his way. Damascus was a road they had to travel. And in Damascus, the road to Damascus, rather, Damascus was a place where they constantly, they constantly persecuted Christians. So when they heard, they knew about Paul, Saul at the time, coming, and Ananias was sent to go to Straight Street. Why did he have to go to Straight Street? Well, the Lord revealed to me, you know, on this street was a street that went through the city of Damascus, and it was a street that was just straight. <laughs> and so it was on this street that, that Saul of Tarsus was in the house, and guess what happened to him? He got straight himself. I thought this was so amazing because God had took a place that was of persecution, took a place, changed the heart of one of the biggest killers of Christians, and put him on straight streets and straightened out in his life and restored him unto God. I thought that was so awesome when the Lord started revealing. There's some more of that, but I'm running out of time because so i got to get somebody on. Listen, let's deal with the word pervert, please. please. Hebrew, it means to overthrow, overthrow. Verb means to lead astray, to morally lead astray, to turn away from the right course, to lead into mental error or false judgment, to turn into an improper use, to misapply, perverse, overthrow, less excellent state. It's a state, but it's less excellent. You could be better. Change to what is abnormal, to abnormal, to unnatural, and or change to what is abnormal or unnatural. To overthrow, to per- be perverted is to do something that's abnormal. You're trying to overthrow somebody from doing the normal to the abnormal. And you see this a lot in certain in certain relationships. I'm going to say it that way for right now. And to do the unnatural things is to use or wrongly, to use wrongly or bad. Cheaters. Now, when we get to cheaters, if we look at the context of the scripture, as far as cheaters, we can see that it is someone who has been bent or crooked or perverted, but God still healed and loved them. When we look at these scriptures, he knew we were messed up, but he, and he knew we weren't making the right choices, but God still healed and loved us. He knew we weren't straight. Put them in the straight street, in a straight state, and somehow um, we were off track, but God still loved us. I said, I said he takes us from a crooked place, puts us on a straight street, and he knows we're messed up, but he still loves us. Oh, what a mighty God we serve. Now, I know that there are some in the Bible who God destroyed and killed. I get all that. But God calls these the wicked in heart. He doesn't call. We as Christians, we are not considered the wicked in heart. The wicked in heart, he destroys. You don't believe me? You can go to Proverbs. But we are more. We are more than that. We are his chosen people. He knows who we are, what we are, and that's why he chooses for us to confess. Now I need to need to um I need to bring someone on real quick and then because I'm running out of time here and I want to get off in just a little bit but I have a little bit more to share. I want to bring someone on because she sent me something I thought was so profound and I want to make sure that we hear what she is saying on this. Lisa, are you here? Yes. Alisa, are you there? Alisa, are you there? Okay, wonderful. Yes. Can you hear me? I sure can. Can you just share some things that you had said um, you were talking about? And I just want you to take a little time to share that. Well, 
<clears throat> excuse me, one of the things is that um, looking at, at the topic that sometimes um, really, the, really the affairs of the heart, um, the question that was sent out was about basically slipping into cheating when you don't know. Um, and the affairs of the heart are, are the worst types of affairs, and they can lead to or be a stronghold and at times stronger than a physical attraction and stronger than, 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 uh, than a sexual attraction can be the affairs of the heart. Um, in the Old Testament, the Lord was uh, repeatedly telling the children of Israel not to take upon them, um, in particular, foreign wives. And the scriptures that talk about that um, have been uh, misused over the past to really uh, talk about not, not intermarrying with different people of different cultures. Um, what the Lord was trying to get them to understand um, and one of the, the warnings was that when that happened, when the inter, the, the marriages with, with foreign women happened, that they would lead the hearts of the men away. And he talks about um, really that heart affair of how you can be guided into um, really doing something that you know is not anointed or appointed by God. Just by the little things. There's a song that um, I believe Casting Crown sings. It's called It's a Slow Fade, of how you slowly mm-hmm. begin to um, get into thing, and then all of a sudden you look up and you're, you've already crossed the line and didn't realize that you crossed the line. And so that's how the affairs of the, of the heart happen. Proverbs also talks about and warns, it talks about wisdom, but it continues to warn. Uh, warned the son about uh, walking by the home of of uh, the adulterous woman, and it's not just the physical, just the walking by. It's the leaning into the voice, mm. the leaning into. Then you start and you step off first by the listening in, and you're leaning your heart towards before you take your foot towards. So those were just, um, you know, some of the things and realizing that some, I know for me personally, um, being a, a uh, single woman is not that I've necessarily cheated on a human being, but the relationship with God and putting other things, anything that, that takes your time, anything that takes your eyes, anything that takes your affection off of God, is taking from him, and he is a jealous God. And one of the things that the Lord um, was really allowing me to understand is when there is a relationship with a man and a woman who um, are particularly in the body of Christ and, and claiming to know the Lord, is that the first the first step or the first um, break in the relationship never really starts with the human side of it, that it always starts mm-hmm. with that physical side of it. And mm-hmm. when you start to um, step away from God or cheat, so to speak, 
um, in your time with him, then that opens up those areas where in the human realm your ten, your heart is, is slowly, slowly pulling away. When we in the body of Christ um, make and take our vows, we include the Lord in it. So whenever there is a break of that, then your disrupted relationship isn't just from human to human. It always has that third element that is often um, forgotten about. But the Lord, he loves us just like um, the Bible in in Hosea, Hosea's Mm -hmm. wife. um, The Lord used that relationship. If you haven't read it, you you should read it. It is a... uh, uh, a definite um, reality, <laughs> reality TV, but in the Bible, um, where the Lord uses that as an example of of constantly taking us back to Himself and renewing that relationship um, with us. And oftentimes, what happens in in the relationship is that you know um, that even though He takes you and he receives you back, he restores everything to you, that there are areas in our human mind where we still remember the, the areas that we faltered and sometimes allow ourselves to stay in that condemnation rather than receiving the Lord. The only way to mm-hmm. fully be restored in that relationship is to allow him to make you whole again and to, to open yourself to receive the love that he has. One of the, the, the scriptures um, multiple times in the Gospels, uh, when the Lord was going to heal someone, he didn't ask them if you want to be healed. The question right. that he, he asked over and over and over again was, will you be made whole? That's and, right. Um, and that's what the Lord wants to do. So whether you are the cheater or you're the one being cheated on, um, it's it's vulnerable to stand bear before the Lord, but the Lord knows all. Um, it's vulnerable to stand before him, but but the Lord, when you stand before the Lord, it is the, it is the evidence that you trust him to deal with those open, those crooked, those deformed places. And that's the only way you can be, ever come to total restoration. And it's a daily walk. It's a daily walk. It's not an overnight thing, and I know a lot of times you know, even for the areas that I feel like I fall short, like, Lord, this, this, I just want it to be done right now. And it's a, right. it's a daily, daily trusting relationship. Amen. I, I really appreciate you for sharing that. When you shared that with me, and there were some other things that you had shared of, of how we create um, little children, we're just going to call them that, little children, little gods um, that are, I'm going to say I've done this like my job, um, like education, um, (laughs) our titles, we treat them, that is also cheating on God. Anything that comes in its place, we have created, and and then we birth these, teaching our kids more about um, education than we do about Jesus Christ. But the Lord loves us. Isn't that wonderful? And yes. he calls us back. He calls us back. I want to thank you for sharing. Did you have anything else you wanted to share? 
No, just in re- in remembering that it's not. Um, there are things that always there are things that always precede the action. Yeah. And so if you're in that place where you are the one who is cheating, it's asking the Lord really to search your heart. If you're not aware of those areas that you start to step forward, there 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 comes a time where you you get into a pattern and you know well aware, you're well aware of what you're doing. Um, but there are also some hidden things, some root causes, because there are action, there are things that lead up to the action. It's not in and of, it's not the action itself. And so asking the Lord whatever that root issue is, and that's the only way that there's going to ever come a resolve. And and thank the Lord for for the blood of Jesus, which reaches down in, and is able to heal, able to to pull up. Yeah, talks about the Lord. The Lord is the God. He 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 tears down and he builds up. You know, he tears down your your shaky foundation, your ideology, in order to build you up on Him, that you would have the mind of Christ and walk in those things of the Lord. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing, um, Alisa. You you're always a blessing to me, my sister, and I appreciate you. Thank you. Appreciate you too. <laughs> Let me just get back to sharing that because that was um, that was profound when she shared it with me originally um, via just a text. And I have some other things people shared, but they, you know, um, we were just going to talk about that. I want to just finish this up and get, kind of wrap up some things. I have so much more um, to talk about regarding this. Um, it is so. Let me just let me go into some things. When when David. David is one of the the primary people that we look at with Bathsheba. Um, when he confessed to God, you know, he he did some cheating. He knew what he wasn't supposed to do, but he wanted he wanted Uriah's wife Bathsheba. And what what cheating does, and I'm not talking about just relationships. I'm not talking about with the woman. I'm not talking about with the man. Um, not just that. What cheating does, it causes you to go into the spiral, because when 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 Bathsheba got pregnant, uh, David said, like, uh-oh, and, and y'all can read this in Second Second Samuel, the 11th chapter. David's like, uh-oh, I got to do something, so let me bring Uriah home so he can sleep with his wife so we can cover this up. Not knowing, you, you can find that stuff out later on in life, especially now because DNA testing, you know, people just know. So here's the thing. It, 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 it causes us to have to cover up stuff. And then that's how the practice begins. You go into business of lying and cheating because you have, to, you have to continue. I have to continue to do something in order to cover the other lie or cover the initial act. But the initial act didn't start from the act. It started in the mind, in the mind when, you, when, you, when, when, when she passed, when he passed, when you saw the money sitting there and you were tempted because you knew you were broke and you had bills to pay and you had to feed the kids. And you were tempted. Not everyone's tempted that way. We don't talk about stuff like that. We don't talk about we're taking the stapler and taking the paper from the job. We don't talk about the fact that we are um, sleeping when we know we should be up praying, cheating God. Nathan had to rebuke uh, David. So in the 12th chapter, Nathan, the prophet, came. And see, see, see it's hard to receive a prophet. Because the prophet doesn't always bring what you want to hear, but it's what you need to hear. It's not always what you want, but it's what is needed. 
and I believe in every every family, every um, every congregation, there is a prophet, but you just don't utilize the prophet the way the prophet needs to be utilized. And the right kings in the Bible did it right, the right kings in the Bible. But Nathan rebuked David, told him a story, and said, you, you are that man, <laughs> verse 7. The Lord, the God of Israel, says, I anoint you, king of Israel, and saved you from the power of Saul. I saved you, and now you want to turn, you want to cheat on me by doing this. God told me one day um, when, I, when I was um, having some feelings about someone, he said, I said, why won't do me that way? He said, you, what, they did it to me first. And see, we have displaced our anger. The anger should be the fact that they turned from God. I'm talking about those who practice this stuff. The, 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 it, it's this place because you don't, you don't understand there's a hidden infirmity. There's a hidden agenda, and it's really the enemy, and we allow the enemy. And so we have displaced anger. We displace it in the person, and we got to address the person, but the anger should not be on the person, the sin, the, the thing that causes. And so Nathan dealt with, David, and that's why David confessed his guilt in Second Samuel, the 12th chapter. Then David confessed to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, yes, but the Lord has forgiven you, and you won't die for this sin. Anybody that wants to be saved from whatever you're, what you're, whatever you're doing, whatever you're going through, God knows and hears. I, I need to do this real quick. God knows and hears where you are, and you don't have to stay in that any longer. I'm telling you what I know and been through. You no longer have to cheat. You no longer have to steal. You no longer have to lie about it, about the fact that you're doing it, that you've done it, repeating you, rehearse it over in your mind. God has forgiven once you confess. So if you need to go to somebody and confess it, help them, the whoever you're confessing it to, first of all, that person needs to keep it confidential. But secondly, you have to be able to be led into renewing. And so I want to go through some scriptures. You know, there were several people that confessed. Jacob confessed. He did it an awkward way with Esau because he wanted to get back in with his brother. But he confessed what he had done wrong, and he was scared to go back with Esau, so he brought him gifts. Some people, you know, would do that thing. But gifts ain't going to do it. you got to say something. Do you all hear me? Gifts ain't going to do it. You can shower. You can shower him with gifts. You can take him. You can, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to say this. Some women want to set them up to get, get them to forgive them. Some men want to go and buy flowers and edible arrangements and all this stuff. Oh, they'll forgive me if I do this. Uh, no, no, it's confession. That's the one that's good for the soul. That, that causes your deliverance. It's the speaking out of the mouth. But it's something powerful, too. Listen, I want to give you some, some scriptures to encourage you in your faithfulness. Proverbs 12.22. We can't just stop what we're doing. We've got to replace it with something. Proverbs 12.22 says, the word of God, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal truthfully are his delight. New King James Version. The Lord detests lying lips. New Living Translation. But he delights in those who tell the truth. You want something? Proverbs 13.5. Listen to this. A righteous man hates lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and comes to shame. The godly hates the godly hate lies. The wicked cause shame and disgrace. Proverbs twelve nineteen. The truthful lips shall be established forever, 
for a lying tongue is but for a moment. Oh, God. Proverbs 10.9, the New Living Translation, people with integrity walk safely, but those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Why, 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 why we got to break this up and stop this stuff? Listen, because of Proverbs, um, Mark 4.22, for everything that is hidden will eventually be brought into the open. Every secret will be brought, secret will be brought to light. My mama told us that years and years and years. Hebrews 13.4, listen to this. And the New King James Version, Hebrews 13, 4, marriage is honorable among all, and the bed is undefiled. But fornicators and adulterers, God will judge, not those who fornicated once. <laughs> Practice, that, be, that, become, that makes you a, a, a fornicator. And I need somebody just to say, I am not what people say I am, but I am what God says I am. Y'all go ahead and say that. I'm not what people say I am. I am what who God says I am. I am not a fornicator. I am faithful. I am not an adulterer. I am faithful. I am not a cheater. I am faithful. I am not a liar. I'm a, I am faithful. I am not unrighteous. I am, I am God's. God's child, I am the righteousness of God. I am the king that he has made me. I am the queen that he has made me. I am the head. I am above and not beneath. I I speak the truth. I say the truth. I do the truth. I live truthfully. My loins tell the truth. My mouth tells the truth. My hands go in the right places. My feet tread the right path. I am who God says I am. And because of that, I'm more than a conqueror. Oh, my God, so many scriptures. I'll post these on Facebook so you can get these things. I want you to know that there's so much more to this life than to do something. And i got to hit this before I leave. Malachi 3, you wonder, maybe you haven't done all these things. Maybe, maybe you've lived in the sight of people morally. But will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, not only are you a cheater, but you're a robber, you're a thief. But what you say, but you say, in what way have we robbed you, Lord? He said to his people, in tithes and offerings. You are cursed, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house, and try me now. In this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. I'm going to confess something. I had stopped tithing because whatever, for many reasons. Stop tithing. I noticed the blessings of God dropping on my life, and I had to recently recommit to it. I will rebuke the devourer. For your sake. We know about the opening of the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there may not be room enough to receive it. But here's this. I want God to rebuke the devourer for my sake so that he, the enemy, will not destroy the fruit of my ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for me in the field. Oh, 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 says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you blessed. Listen to the promise of God. For you will be a delightful land. Now, listen, 
He didn't say you'll live in a delightful land. You will be a delightful land. Did y'all hear that? You're going to be the delight. You are the salt. You are the light, says the Lord of hosts. Confession. I couldn't get to all the scriptures, but I want to close this out. Confession is so good. Let's, let's do this. Let's try something a little bit more challenging. It's so easy just to, you know, trot off and do something not so good because it's, it's a sinful nature. It's in our nature. But any man that be in Christ, he should be a new creature. We should live the new life. Colossians 3, 9. Do not lie to one another since you have put off the old man with deeds. Because there's no temptation, according to 1 Corinthians. There's no temptation that has overtaken us, except as common to man. But God is faithful, who will not allow you, us to be tempted beyond what we are able. I'm telling you, there's some things I had to lay down and sometimes struggle with, but God, when I switch and put, put faith, love, peace, and those kinds in my heart and in my, on my mind, I replace it, and I no longer want to do those things. I'm telling you what I practice. Yes, it sometimes rises up in my flesh, but what I have to do is replace it with righteousness, pursuing love, pursuing righteousness, pursuing peace, pursuing faith, and all of these things. And then God says, I'm faithful and just to forgive you and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will not let us be tempted beyond what we are able. Do you hear me? But with the temptation, will also make the way of escape. If there's temptation, there is an escape. Woo! Hey, God, thank you. That you may be able to bear it. Hallelujah. Don't let the enemy and anyone tell you you can't overcome this. I'm more than a conqueror and an overcomer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I need to close this out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, let me pray. In the name of Jesus, I come against the spirit of infirmity that causes us to be bent over, to be crooked, and not be able to stand up and proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ with a good conscience, with a good mind, with a renewed mind, with a heart a humble heart before you with a heart of forgiveness, with a heart of faithfulness. I come against it in the name of Jesus. I believe you anointed me, God, and I curse the root of that thing, God, for any instability, anything that's been passed down, anything, oh God, that we have not confessed. I cause us to rise up, those who are called the righteous of God, the royal priesthood. I cause us to rise up and to confess our sins to you and God to have someone hold us accountable that we will not allow each other to be deformed, that we will not allow each other to be crooked, that we will cause us to go to a straight path and I refuse to hear anyone's voice other than your voice. Oh, Thank you, oh God, that you have stirred up in the earth and God we shall be called the chosen ones, the faithful ones before you. I glorify you. Thank you for the young man that came to me about this. Thank you for the young woman that confessed something, oh, God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that you will help her, oh, God, so she will not fall into this sin any longer. Thank you, oh, God, for causing me to rise up, God, 
and be who you've called me to be. I thank you, oh God, that you're now transitioning me. Oh, now transition us out of this old man into the new life, God, so that we no longer cheat on you. We no longer stand against you. We no longer, God, stand up for the enemy when we know we belong to you. Oh, God, stretch out your hand over every one of us, God, that needs your help, God. Yes, we want to be made whole. No longer do we want to be crooked. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you that you make every crooked place straight. In the name of Jesus, we glorify you, God, because only you can do it. Lord Jesus, if you touch us, we shall be whole. If you touch us, God, we shall be restored. And we call upon our angels to watch over us, God, to keep us in all our ways. Oh, God, in every way we acknowledge you and you shall direct our path. We call your word to come forth to us, God. We are the head and we are not the tail. We are above and we are not beneath. Thank you for rescuing us from ourselves. Oh, thank you for rescuing us from ourselves. We didn't deserve your goodness. We didn't deserve your joy. We didn't deserve your peace. Because of the blood of Jesus. <laughs> oh, because of the blood of Jesus, he washes us clean. And we no longer, God, have to succumb to the oppression and depression of the enemy, of the wicked, of the evil ways. Oh, we understand the enemy has power, but you, God, have given us power to spread call those things that be not as though they are, and with our faith, we can cast out, God, the devil, we can through the blood of Jesus, in Jesus' name, say to the mountain, be removed, we thank you, O oh God, we call upon your Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God, your Spirit, to overwhelm us again. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, God, I glorify you. Cause us to go deeper into your word, God. But, Lord, not so deep that we can't interact with people, Lord. Oh, God. Confuse the mind of the enemy as we grow in kingdom authority. We no longer, we have got to set this stuff away. We know there's going to be some people that choose to do the unnatural, but your people don't have to be the ones. And so, God, I address it and have done what you said to do in the name of Jesus. I glorify you because, God, you will keep us. I pray in the name of Jesus for every soul that has not gone to you to confess God, to lay it down, to give it up, to stop trying to play with this thing anymore. Ah, not to play with it anymore. Oh, because playing causes us to sin. Hey, playing causes us to to dive deeper into it. Playing with it causes us, oh God, to not be whole. And so, Lord Jesus, we don't want to cheat on you anymore. Oh, hallelujah. We don't want to be cheaters, Lord. 
Oh, so we confess right now. Come on, lift your voices up and confess. Whatever it is, you know you've done something wrong. It may not be in what people see all the time, but it's you know in your heart when you said something or did something and allowed something that's not that's not in line with his word. Okay, so maybe you didn't go out with him or her, but maybe you've been talking about the people behind their back. Maybe you have not been uplifting who you need to uplift. Maybe you have been disobedient to God. So come on, just confess right now. Lord, Lord Jesus. Oh, thank you, oh God. Thank you for dealing with me, Lord Jesus. And God, keep me from temptation, from sin, Father. Oh, the thing that so easily tries to overtake me, Dancia, Lord. I confess, God, I need you. Oh, hallelujah. I confess, God, that I need you in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, in Jesus' name. I don't want to cheat in my finances. I don't want to cheat with my tithes anymore. Lord, help me to give how you want me to give. Uh, Restore me. Make me whole, God, in the name of Jesus. Cause my mind to stay on you and not on people and what people say, what I should do. But you, God, you talk to me. Mm. Lord, forgive me for not being obedient to your word, to what you say to me, Lord God, when people think it should be one way. Oh, God, forgive me. I call upon you, God, to forgive me. Oh, God. again with the power from on high in the name of Jesus. For every listener of this program, God, every listener of this broadcast, I declare power right now in the name of Jesus, kingdom authority in their giftings and what you've assigned them to do in the name of Jesus. I glorify you. Hey, Oh, hallelujah. And we thank you, Lord. We glorify you. We we want to be found faithful in Jesus' name. I thank you for joining on tonight. Oh, my God. I thank you for joining on tonight, Kingdom Authority. I am your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Thank you for staying with me this this whole time. Confessions of Cheaters. I want you to tap into, tap into my Facebook page. Um, my actual my, my public page, um, Dancia um, Jones Morris, I think that's what it is, Dancia Jones Morris, and I want you to follow me. There's some good things coming. It's just taking some time. There's some things coming. I want you to be ready for that. Um, one thing I did hear the voice of the Lord say is to press in what he's told me to do, and those are the things I will be focusing on. So I bless, I bless God for you on tonight. For those who continue to support, listen, it doesn't take but a moment to listen to the word of God. It doesn't take but an hour to stay and listen to this word and to break free and to have kingdom authority. You can do it through the word of God. I'm just helping to empower. I'm just playing my role. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do in the body of Christ to help equip the saints, to help make sure you have the tools that are needed for this next week to go into and fight off temptation. And guess what? You really don't have to do it because the battle is the Lord. You use this word. You use prayer. You use praise. Whatever you have to do, use a tool. The word of God, I'm telling you, 
is a thing to fight off the enemy. You don't have to go and fall into this anymore. You can be free. Ah, hallelujah. So operate in kingdom authority and what God has told you to do. I ask that you hit me up on Facebook. If you like this particular program or you like listening to kingdom authority, please let me know. I want to continue this. I'll at least continue this for the next six months and then allow God to do what he's going to do. I understand I understand that you are going to have to just continue to press. I understand that there are some things that are going on in your life, but I want you to be free. I want you to be free from doing just you and do God. I need you to do God. I need you to do God. God needs you to do him. He needs you so he can use you. He needs us so he can use us for the glory of God. No longer can we have God, we be hugged up with God, but we're holding the hand of the enemy and the world behind God's back. No more, no more. He's not, he, he's not, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever you sow with that shall you also reap. We don't want to reap that. We want to reap the good things. We want to reap the great things. We want to reap the fruitful things of God. And I ask in the name of Jesus that you continue to walk in faith and walk in kingdom authority. God bless you and have a good night.